This episode is brought to you by Rev1. Rev1's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with Rev1 connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with Rev1 Startup Studio by visiting rev1ventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is rev1ventures.com. Six One Four Startups Nation, welcome to another episode of the Six One Four Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon. Man, I feel rusty. I haven't sat down for a conversation in a while, but I got a good one for you. The man, the myth, the legend in the hot seat today. I have Mr. Chris Berry of Ohio X. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Elio, thanks for having me. All right, man. You you're all Americana, definitely all Midwest and all pro Ohio. Mr. Ohio himself. It's good to have you on the show, man. I see that you have been grinding uh, and that you have been putting on for Ohio. But those who don't know Chris Berry, who is Chris Berry and how did you come to live in Columbus, Ohio? Sure. Uh, so I, I wasn't born in Ohio, but uh, moved to Ohio when I was really little for my dad's job. Uh, and so I grew up in northeastern Ohio. I'm originally from Akron. Uh, LeBron James was two years older than me, so I, was, I, I didn't play against him or anything. But um, you know, that's the claim to fame of of being from Akron, and it made it easier to point it out on a map as you're growing up and, and going off in the world. And so I uh, grew up in northeastern Ohio. Uh, ended up going to college in southwestern Ohio at Miami of Miami University, um, and then first job out of school is on the East Coast. So kind of a traditional story where, uh, you know, college students in Ohio leave. And I did. Um, but pretty quickly, I realized I didn't love living on the East Coast in a big city and uh, wanted to make my way back home and ended up in Columbus. Uh, and so spent uh, basically since 2011, I've lived here now. Um, so it's been a while coming up on 15 years and uh, it's become home. Uh, and so I spent eight years working in state government. Um, and, uh, was at the state treasury, had a bunch of jobs and rose through, you know, different promotions and stuff and ended up as the chief of staff there. Um, so oversaw a bunch of the communications and kind of the outreach side of the office, not the dollars and cents. I'm not that smart. Um, but in the process of that, we started working on tech projects, um, in the office and I got to play a small role on a bunch of them. And I found it really interesting. Uh, I thought it was really cool where you could bring innovation to state government, a place you don't think of tech. Uh, and then you also got to see how it impacted Ohioans. And that was really neat. And so it kind of set me down this path of finding technology and innovation fascinating. Uh, I'm not a technologist by training and I'm not smart enough to code or software develop, but um, I love how it impacts our state. And having lived in three different regions, worked on everything from a statewide perspective, what I get to do now at Ohio X uh, seems to make all the sense in the world, even though if you would have told me five years ago I'd be doing this, I, I would think you're absolutely crazy. So um, it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but it's been a fun one. Yeah, man. So eight years in the belly of the beast, right, in, in, <laughs> in government. For those of us who've never seen that side of the world, what is it? I mean, give us some anecdotes for it, right? Give, give us some some of your experiences working in government. Uh, because we need just as many people. We need to be entrepreneurs. Uh, we need talented people going into government to innovate as well. Innovation just doesn't need to happen outside of government. We need people going into government. And I'm saying belly of the beast, tongue in cheek, 
is simply because I don't know what that world is like. So what was your experience like working in government? Yeah, I worked in government in D.C., so on the national level and then in state government in Columbus. And I love government. I love uh, public service. Like I, I was a, you know, a history nerd growing up and I just love that side. And I, I think hopefully at some point everyone can have some type of public service, whether military and I don't, you know, that's a, a higher level and I, and I did not serve um, of service. Uh, but whether it's, you know, get involved with city council or, you know, parents and schools or, or actually working in a level of government, um, it's, 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 I think it's rewarding. And, and I really enjoyed it because you get to see how it literally impacts all Ohioans, 11 and a half million, um, as we used to say. And, uh, but uh, tech is not where you think of government, government and tech. And so it's a, you know, an interesting place because oftentimes it's, you know, using systems that are maybe a little bit older or the offices and the desks aren't as nice as you see some of these, especially now with tech companies. Um, and so it, it's a bit of a challenge. And I got to work on a bunch of interesting, some very internal where you're updating systems and processes and the team is working on stuff where it's kind of taking something that's like a 25 year old car and, and giving it a new engine and, and a new system. Um, and we got to work on some really public facing ones too. And so one was making Ohio at the time, the first state in the country, and one of the first governments in the world to accept Bitcoin for tax payments. That was a fascinating project. Uh, another one was what was called stable accounts. Uh, and it was for individuals with disabilities to be able to essentially save and invest. Um, it's a long story of Congress and changing laws and stuff, but it's kind of like how if you have a, a child, you can have a 529 account, uh, help them save for colleges, helps individuals and their families uh, invest uh, for individuals with disabilities. Uh, and so you're kind of setting it up and you're thinking like FinTech and all of that. And so um, that's something that's incredibly rewarding and you see how it impacts people. And so if you can make government better and smarter and faster, innovative, you're never going to be cutting edge because that's not its job. You got to protect, um, you know, whether it's dollars or protect people. Um, but you can still do innovation and do tech work there. And that's pretty neat. So when you can help people, um, and you can use technology to do it a little bit better or quicker, maybe save money. Uh, it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. If you're working in comms somewhere in Washington, D.C. or somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, you're trying to get more people to want to work in government. Hit up Chris Berry. All right. <laughs> He's delivering the <laughs> message for you guys. Innovation does happen in government. And so if you're thinking yeah. man, you maybe you're on the fence, hit up Chris in the DM and maybe you should go into government and make a change. We need talented people working in government as well and trying to innovate there. All right. So you're working in government eight years in. Uh, when does the idea for Ohio X strike you? And then what inspired you after the idea hit you to turn this into an actual organization? Yeah, I didn't. I was in. I had no idea that this was a thing. Um, and kind of the story is as as interested in tech and we're doing more and more in the tech space. Um, you know, when you work in government, you get to work with all these different sectors and industries and everyone wants to talk with government and they're all fighting for their piece of the pie and making sure that, you know, there's awareness and it's everything from agriculture to manufacturing to healthcare or, I mean, you name it, there's like something for everything. There's a, I always joke, there's like the Ohio Poultry Association, at least for a while. I don't know if it's still there. Like they had their own building, like down in the brewery district in Columbus. That's so chicken farmers, are doing this work. It kind of shows how there's literally an advocacy group for everything. And so as we're doing this tech, you know, work, I was trying to figure out what does tech in Ohio mean? And 
tech was kind of the one sector in industry that didn't really have a statewide organization like all these other ones. And so if you're doing stuff with agriculture, which is a major driver of Ohio's economy, you talk with things like the Ohio Farm Bureau or the Ohio Manufacturers Association for manufacturing um, or traditional chambers. And for tech, it was a very city or region specific answer. So you go figure out what does tech mean? You go to Cleveland, it's one answer. You go to Columbus, it's another answer. You go to Cincinnati, it's another. And then you add Dayton and Toledo and Akron and Canton and Youngstown, 88 counties. There's a different kind of tech ecosystem everywhere. Um, and that kind of kept sticking up to me of like, hey, this is more difficult than it should be. And, you know, why is that the case? I ended up leaving government completely as a side and working in the private sector. Um, but the kind of the question and that passion kept sticking with me. Um, and a group of us, I'm not the only founder of Ohio X. I'm just kind of the front person and get to, to run it day to day now. Uh, kept thinking, you know, hey, we should do something about this. And as we're meeting and talking with more people about it, there were really three or four challenges or frustrations seemed like everyone had. One was promotion. And you know, this as a content creator and spreading the message where people would say, hey, historically, Ohio tech does not get the credit that we deserve. The hard work is happening, but we got to get better at telling the stories of individual companies or the industry as a whole. The second was, was workforce. Um, tech companies need talent and Ohio's population trends, you know, aren't really necessarily helping with that. And so to fit, you know, the growth of Ohio's tech sector um, with more people, it, it, it's a big thing both now. And then if you look five and 10 years down the line, it becomes an even bigger deal. Um, and so that talent side was something people were frustrated or saw as a challenge. Third one was advocacy. And this was kind of my sweet spot where I had worked in government and I saw how tech was that one industry that really didn't have that same seat at the table that the other sectors and industries had. Um, and there's been things that had kind of come and gone or maybe for a specific part of technology, but for the industry as a whole, it just didn't exist. And then the fourth was capital, where we all know this and you talk with startup founders and VCs all the time. You know, Ohio just doesn't get the biggest you know, slice of the pie compared to San Francisco and Seattle and New York and Boston, et cetera. And so uh, kind of taking all those, well, we said, hey, maybe there's something we could do about it. And a bunch of people, volunteers came together and said, hey, let's tackle it. And what does it look like? And that's how Ohio X started to come about. Yeah, and we hear all the all the time, like you 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 jokingly, but also seriously, you're saying that the Ohio Poultry Association has a building <laughs> in the brewery district. Yep. Uh, you don't build buildings in the brewery district unless you think something works. The fact that the tech industry didn't have their version of that meant that they were leaving a lot out there that they could be doing. For people who, and, and again, we only hear if you're not in that world what comes through traditional news media. I don't know very many alternative media sources. And, and there are some, of course, I'm maybe not as in in the know as I should be about what's happening in local and statewide government. But can you explain to the listener why having a group that represents your interest advocating for things that matter to you is important at the government level? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the and the best way to describe it is we had our third annual government day back in April. Um, and one of the elected officials that was meeting with us and meeting with our members and tech companies uh, said it extremely well, that if you're not at the table, you're the first to be cut. And so 
if your industry, your sector, and doesn't matter if it's tech, it could be anything in the world. If you're not part of the process, you're not going to have a voice. And that's at the individual level. If you and I don't show up to vote on election day in November, uh, you're, you don't have a, a, a voice, a voice. And if you, as an industry don't show up, you don't have a voice. And so, um, you just got to show up and sometimes it can be a bit, you know, hard to quantify, you know, it's like, what does that actually mean? Well, right now the state of Ohio is going through a budget process and, uh, they're determining where they're going to spend money for essentially the next two years. Cause they do a, a, a two year budget. So every two years, a new budget to spend for the next two years. Um, and one example is computer science education. As simple as that sounds, you know, if we need more tech people, you got to be able to introduce students to technology. And a lot of that can be done through computer science, not to say that every student has to have it, but at least access to it. Um, and so there was some money from the governor and lieutenant governor's proposal to fund some computer science education and a couple other things. Uh, well, it was cut. And so us and a bunch of others went to the state house a bunch of times and it's still a work in progress, but trying to get that restored and funded because all these different sectors and industries are competing for dollars, competing for attention, competing for priorities. Um, and for tech, if we don't have a voice, if we don't have that seat at the table and we don't show up, uh, we're going to be forgotten because while you and I talk with tech people all the time, and I'm sure your listeners, you know, it's a bubble. Most Ohioans don't work in technology. Um, tech isn't a driver of our economy um, like an Austin, Texas, right, where everyone automatically thinks it. You know, if you go across Ohio, you talk to friends, families and neighbors that, you know, maybe aren't at, you know, that, that live in communities all across the state, big and small, rural, suburban, um, you know, uh, and most probably don't know someone that works in technology. And so, um, you know, we have a long way to go and we got to make sure that our voice is there to represent it. Well, Chris, if you haven't heard it, man, or maybe you just haven't said it in order for people to tell you thank you, thank you for advocating for computer science education to continue to be something that is funded at the state level. We certainly need it. Uh, and, and folks, listen, like Chris said, get involved, uh, tune in to what Ohio uh, X is doing because they, they might just be advocating for something that is important to you. Uh, and in Ohio, there's probably a saying, I don't know if I'm coining it, but don't tick off farmers. Chris Berry wants to make sure you don't tick off tech. All right, folks, you are listening to the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon, my special guest, Chris Berry. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Support for the 614 Startups Podcast comes from Nationwide. Nationwide's mission is to protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. To help fulfill that mission, Nationwide is looking to invest its $350 million venture capital investment fund in InsureTechs that will help them create new and exciting products and solutions to meet the needs of their customers. If you're interested in partnering with Nationwide's venture capital team, visit nationwideventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is nationwideventures.com. Nationwide is on your side. Today's episode is sponsored by the City of Dublin's Division of Economic Development. The City of Dublin provides world-class, tailored business services and resources to ensure the best possible environment for businesses to recruit talent and thrive. Because of this strategic focus and commitment to employer growth, Dublin is the only accredited economic development organization in the state of Ohio. The City of Dublin supports startups and entrepreneurs by offering targeted resources and training programs to grow companies that are financially sustainable 
innovative, and committed to creating jobs. Learn how other businesses depend on Dublin. Visit thriveindublinohio.com. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back. Thank you guys for hanging in. Of course you would come back, man. You're loving Chris Berry right now. You're loving the work of Ohio X, and we're going to continue to educate, your, uh, educate ourselves on the work that Ohio X is doing and how you can get involved. All right, so you're, you're choosing to represent the tech community uh, in government, uh, and I checked out your website, and you kind of listed off some of these things earlier when you were talking about some of the pillars or some of the things that you were looking at that were important to you. Uh, and you, you referenced me as a content creator the, and the importance of storytelling. If you don't tell your story, right, it's not going to get heard. You also, uh, networking is important to you. Events, your events calendar is absolutely crazy. Uh, education and research. Why did you choose to focus on those things as the core services or the core advocacy that you were going to do? Yeah. So, and I probably should have led with like, what exactly is Ohio X? Cause that's like one of the first questions everyone has. And, we're a statewide tech trade association. So think of it like a tech chamber of commerce, if you will. So uh, we're a 501c6 non-for-profit organization. Um, our work is made possible by our member companies. So again, like a chamber of commerce or trade associations from agriculture to manufacturing to life science, everyone's got something. Um, it's individual companies that make our work possible. So everything from startups to Fortune 500 companies and everything in between. And our work with them uh, and for them and the tech community revolves around connecting, promoting, and advocating. So we try to connect what's going on. We don't replicate things that are happening in individual cities or ecosystems. Um, we promote it. We tell the stories of the people, companies, and ideas that are building technology in Ohio, and we advocate for it. We give it hopefully a voice um, and make sure that it can be part of the conversation as to Ohio's you know, today and then also the future. Um, and the reason we connect, promote, and advocate is because Going back to the challenges and the frustrations we heard, the promotion uh, and awareness where people said, hey, I wish more people knew about our companies. I wish they knew more about tech as a whole in Ohio. Um, and we just need to give credit where credit's due to the hard work that's been going on for a long time. So that's why we promote and that's why we bring people together because uh, you and I, we're both Central Ohio, Columbus people, but Ohio is really big and we have over 11 million people. It's spread out across all these metro areas. And we're never going to fix it where like you're going to know Cleveland just as well, you know, Columbus or Cincinnati. But our view is if Silicon Valley is a region and to go from Palo Alto to Berkeley, you're going to sp send, spend a couple hours in the car. You're going to sit in a bunch of traffic. You're going to spend a bunch of money in gas, especially California prices. Why isn't that tech opportunity thought of the same as Ohio, where there's a healthy and robust, in our case, Columbus ecosystem that we're part of? But why can't we increase that opportunity? for all of Ohio, meaning if you're in Columbus, it should be just as easy to get your message out, meet people, uh, take your product on the road or services to other parts of the state. And so we try to connect everything that's going on and promote it um, and then advocate for it. And so uh, we do a bunch of events. We do a bunch of media, a bunch of content. Um, we have a bunch of industry kind of working group type things from, you know, healthcare focuses to fintech. Um, and then when we do kind of get into the advocacy, a lot of it's around education and tech workforce. And so um, what we have found is that there's an incredible interest and passion for tech companies to help inspire the next generation of innovators. And so one of the things, for example, that we launched is Ohio Tech Day. So on the final Friday, every September, uh, we celebrate tech in the state and we hopefully use it to inspire students to consider technology and innovation careers. So on that day, 
companies, schools, nonprofits, organizations all across Ohio um, get involved. There's no cost. It's just about celebrating it. Um, some of them host in-person events. Some of them go into schools. Sometimes schools go into tech companies. Sometimes it's just people sharing stuff on social media. So you can do a 614 Startups uh, Ohio Tech Day, hashtag Ohio Tech Day, and you've celebrated. Uh, we like to say, like, let's get Ohio Tech trending. And we want it democratized and decentralized where anyone can participate. And it's just about raising awareness and hopefully inspiring students. Um, because what we've heard and seen and found is uh, if we wait for someone to get to college, that's too late. You're missing out on the K through 12 space. And that's where students you know, are discovering what they like. Um, and if we wait too long, we've lost them. And we got to create opportunity for you know, hopefully every student in Ohio to at least see if they like tech. And there's so many different careers. It could be someone that hosts a podcast someday or someone that works for an organization like mine. Or maybe you do want to major in computer science at Ohio State. Um, but you got to at least be able to discover that. And so that's why we spend a lot of time in education and work with a ton of great partners at schools, a um, ton of great partners at universities, community colleges, uh, you know, career tech centers, et cetera. So um, education is a big piece. And uh, if we don't have that workforce, you know, none of this, none of this will matter at the end of the day. Yeah. we got to create that pipeline, right? And you got to start that pipeline yep. early. Uh, we, we know that we're not competing in isolation. We're not just competing against other states. It's a global race, uh, for yep. talent. Uh, and, yep. and in many cases, um, we're having to issue visas, right. In order to be able to fill the need, the demand that we have for tech talent. And why not have that homegrown talent right here in Ohio? Based on your work so far, what gets you excited the most as you do these events, as you do your advocacy, education, and your storytelling about where Ohio is? What gets you excited about where we are today and in where we're going directionally? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, on a day to day basis, I get the most excitement and passion by just meeting with people. As I mentioned, we have all these members, we have all these partners um, and to like actually go and visit their companies or, you know, maybe they don't have an office and it's just over lunch or coffee. That's really incredible because partially one, I mean, one, it's just, it, it's inspiring and you get to see all this interesting stuff. I, I'm sure you've seen our built in Ohio shirts that we have with homage now. Um, and we're trying to kind of push this, you know, of like, Hey, like let's celebrate what's being built in Ohio. Um, and that's neat. And also partially though, because we started like as COVID hit. And so our world was virtual for so long. That's where our content really took off. And that's where people started to really discover us, but we couldn't do the in-person stuff. And, you know, we're never going to be the group that gets everyone together once a week because we're statewide. And so when we get to do these big events, people from, you know, we just had the Ohio Tech Summit in Columbus. It was the second annual, um, sold out, big wait list. But the coolest part was I got to see people that I know and people that I met for the first time, literally from every region across the state. We stopped counting how many different cities registrants were from because it just got too big. Uh, and then we had, I think, like eight states represented of people that just attended. So they weren't speakers. They weren't vendors. They were just people that somehow saw what was going on and flew in or drove in for it. And so getting to see people and actually interact with them in person, um, whether it's one-on-one -on -one meetings or our big events, that's where I get a ton of you know, reward from because, uh, there's just an energy to it. And we all didn't get to have that for, you know, a year and a half or two years or whatever it was. Um, and so that leaves me excited on a day-to-day -day basis. And then what excites me, like thinking forward in the next five or 10 years is 
Ohio's opportunity is like just starting. You know, Intel's coming. There's a ton of excitement around it. But you work with startup, like there is just so much growth for tech to happen in Ohio. And also it's not for all the success we've had, there's no guarantee to this success. And so it takes good people like you and good people like your listeners um, that are building companies and whether they're big companies or small or something in between that you can still make an impact and you can still get involved, whether you're creating something and investing in something, doing stuff like this to promote it. Um, and that's really neat. I was just with, there's Ohio X's and other cities and states across the country. And I was just with the person um, in person because he was in town for a conference uh, from Austin, Texas, and, and it was working in a similar organization like ours there. And we were kind of talking about this. We're like a place like Austin. It's big. If you move to Austin, like you better like come with like a big checkbook or raise like $500 million as a startup to get noticed because like it's an established tech city and like they're just, you know, they're kind of big enough as it is and the ball is just going to roll with or without people. But you can make a mark here. And that's what's really neat. There's probably one degree of separation you and I could play. If we don't know someone, you would know them or vice versa. Um, and so because it's so early and because there's so much room for growth. There's so much opportunity. Uh, and it's about the people. The uh, Ohioans are just incredibly nice, incredibly kind. There's like a Midwest modesty that I think we all love and enjoy that you don't find on the coast or places like Miami. Uh, that's a good thing. I think that's a competitive advantage for us. And so it, it's the people and the opportunity that comes with building relationships and working with others to kind of realize the Silicon Heartland opportunity. Yeah, it's it's incredible, man. And, and what gets me excited is all these people who are part of building these companies that will eventually have exits and then go on to start their own businesses, right? That next crop that are currently coming up in all of these very promising startups uh, are the folks who I think in the next iteration of 614 startups, we want to start going that one layer deeper. I think many of the founders, again, that Midwest modesty, I hear all the time, listen, I get asked for coming on the podcast as a founder all the time, but I have this incredible COO you need to talk to. I have this incredible CFO you need to talk to. I have this incredible CMO who you need to talk to. And so we're going to start the process of not only looking at the people who are leading the companies with that CEO or founder title, but all of the folks who are building the companies at uh, and, and leading different divisions within it, because I think those are the leaders of the future. All right. As with all things pro, we have to look at the con, right? In your work, even though you worked in government, what are the things that just make you want to run into a wall and say, hey, Ohio needs to do better? I know you got a lot of friends in government. We're not talking about all of Chris's friends. We're talking about the other people he doesn't know, okay? <laughs> the other people. But yeah, 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 what's happening in government that just want, makes you want to run your head into a wall? What could we be doing better or differently at the governmental level to, to support tech? Yeah, Uh a lot of talking about computer science fund, right? And so, you know, that's something we're actively seeing where there's got to be investment in this, in this stuff. And um, I think right now, Ohio has really incredible leadership. Um, groups like Jobs Ohio and JP Nasi for the governor and the lieutenant governor that, you know, make this a priority. That, that, that is incredibly rare. You look across the other 50 states, to have that type of leadership that cares and is passionate about this, you know, I, I would venture to say that, and I don't think this is that crazy, but I don't think things like Intel are coming to Ohio, if not for the leadership we have and how aggressive they are. Um, that said, uh, there are a lot of other elected officials uh, and folks out there that uh, in the government world that 
aren't as familiar with tech or maybe aren't as passionate. And so there's a ton of education that's required. Uh, and that's where, you know, anyone that's a, a voter and cares about this, uh, you know, make it a point. We do an annual government day where we invite people into the state house to meet with their elected officials. Um, would love to have you come next year because we want as many people from as many parts of the state talking with their state representatives, their state senators. And so that's so vital because um, we have great leadership, but there are a lot of pieces of government that make this all work. And so even though, you know, it can be easy to take for granted the leadership we have, that it will always exist or it's always, always existed. That's just not the case. And so um, it's unique what we have at the moment. And it's a really, really positive thing that, again, these things that are happening, like Intel and you have these other big investments, the innovation districts in Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati, um, that's because of leadership. And that's something Ohio is incredible at at the moment. Um, but there are others that you do have to educate. You mentioned the CEOs, but there's CMOs and CEO. It's kind of the same thing in government where, you know, state reps, state senators, they might represent districts that don't, you know, have the big tech names or they're more rural parts of the state or smaller cities or smaller counties. Um, you know, how can we share, show with them the opportunity that every company is a tech company? It helps businesses be more competitive, whether you're a restaurant on Main Street um, or just a small business. And so, you know, education is a really big one. But I will say we're, we're very lucky to have the leadership, I think, that we do have, because um, I think as I talk with people that hold my job in other states, um, you know, they'll look at Ohio and it's like they wish they had a similar, you know, uh, a similar kind of uh, a leadership that that they're lacking for sure. Yeah, man. So what Chris is saying to all his friends who are doing a good job, don't get too ambitious, man. Don't go anywhere. We're enjoying this. All right. You know how politicians get ambitious and they want to go other places yep. and higher places and stuff. You have work to do right here in Ohio. All right, Chris, man, you're breaking it down so clear for us. Enjoying this episode. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So we're going to take one final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up. We'll be back in a few seconds after some words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KJK. Tired of the billable hour? KJK has a solution. The KJK GC Advantage program offers businesses comprehensive legal services in the areas of employment, corporate services, real estate, trademark, intellectual property, and estate planning, all for a set monthly fee. KJK serves as their clients' partners in business not just their lawyers. Along with cost certainty and predictability, the KJK GC Advantage program gives clients peace of mind, knowing their projects will be handled quickly and efficiently, maximizing the return on investment on their legal spend. So don't go it alone. Let KJK help. Learn more by visiting kjk.com. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back. I knew you would be back, man. I told you this guy was a dynamite guest. You're listening to uh, my episode with Chris Berry, uh, one of the founders of Ohio X. All right, Chris, let's break it down for the people. Uh, a lot of people may look at Ohio X and not put you in the typical category of, oh, that's a tech company too. But there are a lot of lessons that you've learned along the way building Ohio X. This is a little bit of, I'm a little, you know, long in the tooth gray beard. I took a couple punches here for those people who are earlier in their journey than you might be. What are some of the most important lessons that you've learned as you've built Ohio X? Yeah, well, we're a nonprofit. And so I always, you know, we're a startup nonprofit ourselves, but 
Um, we don't require the capital or the expertise of, you know, most startups that, you know, it takes a lot of money to build what they're doing, especially if they're in hard tech or something. Um, and so I, I don't equate what we're doing, but there are, to your point, you know, we had, we started this thing from scratch and, uh, when we launched it in December of 2019, we didn't necessarily know that two months later or whatever COVID would hit and the world would shut down. Um, and so when we started, it was all volunteers that paid for this, you know, out of pocket and made it possible. And, you know, as we were driving across the state, telling the message and trying to get people involved, um, you know, there wasn't any chunk of money from the government or any big charitable group that said, Hey, you know, we can pay for any of this. It was just myself and a few others that thought it was needed and kept enlisting more and more people. And it kind of took off. Um, and so, you know, our biggest lesson is we're coming up on, I guess, technically four years, but I kind of more call it like three, three and a half just because of COVID. Um, and people will kindly say like, ah, oh, you guys are crushing it. And it seems like you're just, you know, an overnight success. Well, it's like, no, it's like, we've just shown up every single day and just chipped away. Um, even when, you know, I get to do this now full time, it's, it's a crazy job and I love it. And, uh, if had you told me five or six years ago, I'd be doing this. I'd say like, what the world are you thinking? Because I didn't want to know this stuff existed. Um, so like we just saw an opportunity and we ran with it, but the biggest is just showing up each and every day. Um, when the world was shutting down and the stock market was plummeting, we just showed up and we kept doing the work and we figured out how to be, you know, aggressive, but in a good way. And we could try things because we weren't a large organization. We, we could be nimble. And so we took things that were strengths for us, uh, and we were able to go after them. So the content side, what makes us unique is we get to tell stories across Ohio. And one interesting one, this was in COVID, so it was in virtual, is before COVID, I should say, we wanted to do a statewide tech tour where we would go to different cities, host different events, like at a brewery, you know, promote what was going on, bring people together. Well, COVID shut that down. We couldn't do that. Um, it would have cost a lot of money too, because to go to a brewery, to pass out tickets, to organize it, you know, there's a whole, that's a whole stuff. We didn't have the money for that. No one would have showed up. So you would have come to the Columbus one and six people would have been there and be like, I'm never going to anything by Ohio X again. So because of COVID, we shifted very quickly to virtual. So we created the Ohio tech tour where 10 weeks, we held 10 virtual events in 10 different cities to do a virtual event is pretty darn cheap. You need a Zoom account and a little bit of, you know, Canva to put together graphics and stuff. Um, and each week we had different speakers talking about and promoting what they were doing. Well, it turns out our secret sauce is not doing an event in one city because people don't need us to do that. If we go to Akron, there's already stuff happening in Akron. If we go to Toledo, there's already stuff happening in Toledo. But where the magic for us was when we did it virtually, it meant people in other parts of the state could join. And so when we did our Cleveland event, half the people weren't from Cleveland because they tuned in wanting to hear about what was going on in Cleveland. When we did Cincinnati, half the people weren't from Cincinnati. They never would have traveled for a simple happy hour and it would have been the same people in the same room. But for us, our secret sauce is connecting what's going on and promoting it from a statewide perspective because odds are people really like Ohio and they want to figure out what's going on and how they can you know, move the Buckeye State forward. And so for us, it was showing up every day, trying to be creative within our very, very, very limited budget um, and just kind of staying true to our work, connect, promote and advocate. Uh, and our biggest challenge now is, is scaling this. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to do that because we don't go after venture funding. We're not a startup in that nature. Um, and so it's a lot of singles and doubles like any good nonprofit. And you try to make do with what you have. So we're looking towards the future. How do we grow it? How do we scale it? How do we make it sustainable? 
Um, we're chipping away at that every day, um, but it's a slow and steady wins the race for us uh, while keeping true to our roots because we get a lot of offers of, hey, can we partner on this? Can we partner on that? Um, but we're having to say no, no more, which is an unfortunate thing because I wish I could say yes to everything, uh, but we just don't have the size and the scale, but that means we're onto something. And so um, we're just got to continue, stay true to our roots and make sure that we keep it within our mission um, and serve our members, which is what we're about and, and doing well for the Ohio tech community. So, uh, you know, sum it up, it's chip away every single day and kind of stay true to your mission. Yeah, man. And, and Chris, you got the baby face, so you can afford to be patient, man. You could, you could do this until you're a hundred and we wouldn't even know how old you are. Um, but the, the, the complete sentence to all the no's that you're saying is no, but call Elio Harmon at 614 yeah. Startups. Okay, that's that full sentence, all right? And I would really well, appreciate Even it. you can't say yes to everything either. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a it's a big state. You know, you get calls from one part and the next, and it's like, yeah, I can't be everywhere at once, which I wish I could. It's a good problem to have, but uh, it's a very big state. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so um, uh, what's next for Ohio X? I mean, I, I follow you guys on all the social media platforms. If you don't follow Ohio X right now, you're missing out. If you want to be in tune uh, to what is happening in the state of Ohio, you need to be following them on all of their platforms. Well, what, what's next for you guys over the next year? So in our world, that's short term. We're in June of 2023, so maybe the next six months. And then looking further out the next three years. Yeah. So our, our theme this year, and it'll probably be our theme next year too, because again, we're a nonprofit, is scale and sustainability. Uh, scaling our work so we can impact more people, impact more companies, do more to promote. And we kind of say plant the flag for Ohio Tech to share and showcase that it's vibrant here and there's amazing companies and ideas and people. Um, so we got to scale it and we got to make sure it's sustainable as a nonprofit organization. And so that's our big theme. So what does that look like? Like we, in a lot of ways, have kind of built out where we want to be. Uh, and so it's just kind of growing it. And so we just had the Ohio Tech Summit, um, the second annual one. It brings people from across the state. Uh, it was almost uh, double as big as the first year. Um, we moved it to a new facility because we needed more seats. Um, it was sold out. We had a big wait list. And so, you know, how do we keep building that momentum, bringing more people to these conversations, helping more people connect, um, increasing those? And so it's scale and sustainability. And then this summer, one of the things I love uh, we do an annual rooftop series in Columbus. So I'm, I know you have people all over that listen, probably a bunch in Columbus because that's where you started. Um, and so we do a rooftop uh, happy hour series uh, once a month with Willow Tree. Uh, their rooftop overlooks downtown and it's awesome. And uh, we have our first one coming up and the weather looks like it's going to be great. Um, and that's just fun because there's no cost for people to attend. You can just come meet people. Um, and last year we found out that people were actually driving in from other cities and join it. So they'd come from Cleveland or Cincinnati or Toledo. Um, and so that launched another event that was very organic. We didn't plan for it, um, but we started doing a tech at night series, which brought happy hours across the state. And again, people don't need us to throw a happy hour in, in various cities because there's already stuff happening. But when we do that, what happens is people from other parts of the state will use it as like an anchor. Say, hey, I've been looking to go up to Columbus. I don't know anyone in Cleveland, or I'm looking to go up to Cleveland, for instance. I don't know anyone in Cleveland necessarily because I'm Cincinnati, I'm from Dayton, I'm from Columbus, um, but I do know Ohio X, I've been to their things. I'm going to use that as kind of my anchor and build a trip or a visit around that. Um, and so that's kind of one of those organic things that just built out of a happy hour last summer. Um, 
And it's been really neat. And we also get a partner with awesome groups. So Black Tech Columbus. I just saw you at the happy hour that we did with them after the tech summit. Uh, but we're partnering with them on the, the July one. Um, and so really cool to be able to do that with different groups um, and build some of those partnerships. It's just a win-win, hopefully, for everyone. As simple as a happy hour to bring some some awesome people together. Yeah, talk about somebody doing uh, work and uh, bringing out tech in a in a community that you don't don't traditionally see contributing in a large way, which we we know the potential is there. But Black Tech Six One Four startup uh, Six One oh everything is Six One Four startups to me. Black Tech Six One Four Jariatu Monterey, salute! You're doing the work. Appreciate you there. All right, so. Uh, one of the things that caught my eye is this CEO retreat. I know you talked about the tech mm -hmm. summit. Now you got the CEO retreat. Tell us a little bit about that for all those CEOs out there who might be listening. Why should they think about attending the CEO retreat? Yeah, we host events big and small from happy hours to our Ohio tech summit. Um, our CEO retreats a bit different since we're a, a largely an industry group. Um, even though our happy hours bring all sorts of people out, um, our CEOs of our companies and, uh, it's not just startups. Startups are actually a, a small component of our membership just because there's so many other tech companies. So we have a ton of small small business tech companies, medium-sized, larger companies. Um, and one of the things that we heard from them as we were doing this work was, hey, we love coming to the big stuff, but at the end of the day, how do you get decision makers together? And so um, we said, hey, like let's build something like that. And how do we get CEOs or the top ranking Ohio official for a company uh, together in a room. And so we put it together last year. Did, you know, most stuff we do, we have no idea if it's going to turn out well or if there'll be success, um, but it was sold out. We had a uh, hundred and I think 30 or so people that, that joined, um, but it was like 114, I think different companies. And so this is a very intentional event where it's just CEOs uh, or you're the top ranking Ohio official of a company. So you know, think a Fortune 500 company that's not headquartered here. You know, their CEO is probably not flying in from New York City or wherever for it. Um, so the top Ohio person uh, and its decision makers. And it allows, you know, executives, CEOs to, you know, kind of get off the grid. Um, we do it in a fun place. It's a little bit outside of downtowns. Um, great spot just north of Columbus. Um, and it's very different. You know, we don't encourage suits or anything. So it's kind of different from that space. But what we hope is it's from across the state. Um, executives and leaders that are decision makers. Um, and it can be a place where whether it's, you know, deals come together uh, or funding, you know, we have investors come, we have startups that are trying to raise, um, but it can be those, that real connection and really just about developing relationships. And so uh, that was our first one last year, our second one. So it's now an annual thing for us uh, is going to be September 14th, I believe. Uh, so any CEOs in your network or that have been on the show, we'll have to have you come out um to it and it's just a it's a really fun thing um we've added like a you know a pre-welcome evening before so we'll have you know people that aren't from columbus drive down and and join us the day before for some stuff and just casual great relationship building uh and just a fun way to get uh in this case executives and ceos together um that you know maybe never met or this is their one opportunity each year because how often are you going to get 100 plus ceos together in, in one room um so it's a pretty neat thing and being a CEO is such a small club. It's kind of like yeah. president's club almost, right? It's a bigger club than that. But there are only certain things you can, it's lonely at the top. And there, there's only certain things you can talk about from a leadership standpoint with other people who truly understand what it means to, heavy is the head that wears the crown. 
And maybe just for a day, you get to get away in a fellowship with other people who might have a similar experience. So I think that's a brilliant thing you guys are doing with the CEO retreat. Uh, and I'm not surprised it was sold out last year and probably will be again this year. All right. So how do people get involved? Like you said, you have companies of all stripes that are involved with Ohio Hex X. But if I listen to this podcast and I get excited and say, hey, how do I get involved? What are ways that I can support Ohio X? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have to put on my, you know, my responsibility hat for a second. And, you know, if companies want to join, we'd that's what make our work possible. That was, that's what makes this industry voice bigger and stronger as more companies join. Um, you know, if you start and say, hey, we have 25 companies versus 50 versus 75 versus 100, and you keep multiplying it, um, that's what really drives, you know, impact and action. And so would love for companies to join. Um, so reach out, ohiox.org. Uh, but we have a whole community that has been built out of this. And this is probably the, you know, most unexpected. We're most trade associations, which is what we are, um, you know, don't kind of have that community or that following. And that's what's been really neat about this. And so, you know, we have, again, people from all over the state. Uh, we had a, I remember it in Toledo, we had one of our tech at night happy hours. We had a, a teacher show up that was just like, I'm really passionate about helping my students you know, figure out technology careers, you know, they're, she's not a member of Ohio X or, you know, Toledo public schools is not going to be a member of Ohio X totally fine, but she wanted to engage and connect with, uh, technology professionals because she sees the importance for her students. And so long way of saying, you know, we have all sorts of stuff. So our, our happy hour, you know, series this summer, uh, with Willow tree in downtown Columbus, anyone can come to that. We invite anyone to, um, at our events, uh, we, as a nonprofit, we utilize a ton of volunteers to make our events and programs possible. Um, so we had a bunch of people that showed up at the Ohio Tech Summit at, I think, like 6.30 or 7 a.m. Um, and literally helped put out, you know, flyers on tables. And, uh, you know, I do that, too. So there's no, like, you know, grand <laughs> team behind all of this. Uh, we're a very small nonprofit organization. And so uh, it takes a lot of hands to help make it possible. And so whether it's attending stuff, a bunch of stuff that's free. Um, or you want to attend things like the CEO retreat, if you're a CEO, uh, get your company involved officially. Um, there's a ton of opportunities, a lot of ways to kind of scale your interest or impact. Okay, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It's been an absolutely wonderful time. So much information, so much practical, actionable, and valuable information. I appreciate the work that you and your organization are doing to represent tech at the table. All right, so this is my final word, folks. And Chris said it at the outset. If you're not at the table, you're the first to get cut. So question mark to you out there, are you at the table? And if you're not, maybe Ohio X is a way to get you there. All right, folks, thank you for joining me on another episode. My name is Elio Harmon. This is the 614 Startups Podcast. Until next time, peace. That's a wrap, folks. You can find this in all our episodes on our website, 614startups.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and write a review. If you'd like updates sent directly to your inbox, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter on the website. To engage in the 614 Startups community, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 614startups on all platforms and join the conversation. For sponsorship opportunities and collaborations, email us at info at 614startups.com.